Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Welcome back, my friends, to an amazing episode of the Story Box. Today, my friends, I'm delighted to welcome Savannah Welch to the Story Box. Now, for those of you that don't know who she is, Savannah will be starring as the iconic character of Barbara Gordon in the upcoming third season of HBO's Max hit series, Titans. You can go and watch it on Netflix here in Australia if you are in Australia, that is. It is premiering this August, so it should be available now the moment this episode is live for you guys. So Barbara Gordon, daughter of famed Gotham City Police Commissioner James Gordon, spends her time saving Gotham via her multifaceted alter ego of Batgirl and Oracle. Joining the DC Universe in Titans as uh, such a quintessential character is just the latest success in Savannah's career. Savannah is also known for her role in History Channel's military drama 6 in which she played a Marine who suffered an amputation in combat. Her other on-screen appearances include the critically acclaimed films such as Boyhood from uh, director Richard Linklater and Terrence Malick's Tree of Life, which is a mind-bending film. Encourage you guys to go and watch that if you're interested. Savannah herself is an amputee, losing one of her legs after a freak accident at a farmer's market back in 2016. She's a member of the disability community, and Savannah is passionate about sharing her story of recovery and advocating for inclusivity. In addition, Savannah is one of the founding members of the Texas, Tennessee collaborating girl group, The Trishas. She continued to write songs and perform uh, while live with her father and her brother. She also has a podcast called Enough About Music, a collection of conversations and musicians about anything and everything except for actually music. And also another fun fact, she is a birth doula and I had to look up what a birth doula was and it turns out it's quite cool. She actually uh, helps women that are about to 
uh, have birth and she's sort of like the emotional support if you can if you can say uh, during that period of time so i think that is pretty amazing she's a multifaceted multi-talented individual that i know you guys are going to love her incredible story and her mindset towards life in general so please go and share this one around go and watch titans if you are interested in the show uh, i need to go and watch it myself that's just me being honest because i only found it a day before I started recording this. Uh, but once I do watch it, I know I have no doubt I'm going to love seeing Savannah in that role because she's honestly awesome. But uh, go and support her and don't forget to tag her on Instagram and Facebook if you do want to share it around as well. Uh, also, all the links for everything that you need are all in the show notes below. Really do appreciate each and every one of you. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It's time to journey with me into the story box today as we listen, learn, and grow from the wonderful story of none other than Savannah Welch. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to have you on here. I apologize if I butchered that introduction <laughs> in advance. I need to take you everywhere with me. <laughs> I've had people say that to me and I'm like, no, you don't want to. <laughs> kind of be like the MC, just sort yeah. of like be the hype person. Um, you know, I'm going to send you in first. <laughs> I love it. But um, Savannah, I was really excited to be speaking with you today. Uh, the more I did research on on who you are, your story and everything that you're doing in the world, the more I felt inspired uh, to to get on with my life <laughs> a bit more. But um, uh, the first question that I do want to ask you that I sort of ask every one of my guests at the very start is what does success look like for you? Oh, wow. I think that that um, it's a great question. And, you know, it's something that is sort of ever evolving depending on, you know, what I'm interested in and the time, um, passionate about, you know, values change as we grow and evolve. Um, and so, you know, that's something that I think defines itself in a fluid way. Um, you know, success for me, um, in a very general, also very <laughs> likely cliche, um, answer would be just that I'm able to contribute in a positive way, you know, whether it's, um, you know, in my family, in my community or on a wider scale. Um, and, um, you know, and feel some fulfillment and some purpose in that. Mm. Have you always had this kind of mindset or is it sort of a recent kind of mindset for you? Um, it, you know, in general, yeah. Absolutely. You know, growing up um, in Nashville, um, around in a, in a music community, around many um, musicians and songwriters and, and artists. My, my dad's a songwriter and a musician and my older brother is too. And, um, you know, I just kind of grew up in circles where that was, that's kind of what most everybody did. And there was a real emphasis on um, art appreciation and, um, just, you know, creative expression and in a way that was honest and, um, and, you know, unifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that, you know, I definitely felt intimidated, um, in my own like musical pursuits, 
and set the bar really high for myself to, to do something that was worth, you know, that was worthy of, um, anybody else's time, you know, and, uh, in some ways that served me, you know, I had, I felt like I, you know, really, um, considered my integrity in those, in those, um, pursuits, but it also, um, sort of paralyzed me too, you know, if the bar is set really high, um, then, um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to feel confident about starting where you are, you know? So, yeah, you know, when we're younger, I think success for me was like getting, um, you know, this boy's attention or (laughs) one role that I was just, you know, fixated on or this, you know, getting to play at this one venue or whatever, you know, a lot of the time it's a lot more kind of, you know, narrow focused, but, um, but, you know, you, you kind of, like I said, you evolve and learn over time and I, I still am. So you kind of, when you're growing up, you kind of, I guess, culturally and the kind of family that you do grow up in sort of determines how much pressure you do put on yourself. And that sort of impacts your identity, how you see yourself, how you see others, the world around you, what you want to do. Cause you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a filmmaker. So mm-hmm. from the age of eight, the moment I saw the Princess Bride, which is up there, I was like, yes, someone else knows it. Thank God. <laughs> on VHS in there somewhere in my mom's living room. <laughs> it's one of the best films ever made. I kid you not, one of the best stories. But for me, I thought that if I didn't become a filmmaker, then I wouldn't be someone of worth. Then I wouldn't be matching up to this whole idea that I had created for myself when I was eight years old, that if I wasn't an Academy Award winning filmmaker by the age of 26, then something wasn't going right, you know? So I completely relate to how you're feeling, but it's amazing to see how the course of your life has taken you on this great creative trajectory. Like you're, you're a musician, you're an actor and you have a podcast. I'm pretty sure you have other creative outlets too, but one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, Savannah, is what does it mean for you to be creative? Or what does creativity mean? Um, see, you've got all the good questions. Oh. <laughs> I like making people think. Yeah, I'd say, okay, I'm just going to say the first thing that came to mind was honesty. You know, and I mean that in the truest sense is that if we can sort of like go within and shut out all of the noise and all of whatever else, um, you know, we can, we can sort of be influenced by, you know, that is like, well, this is how a country song sounds, or this is how this kind of, um, you know, film should be uh, made or written. Um, you know, we can, we can, um, forget, you know, that, that we, that we have, you know, our own, uh, um, sort of honest, like take on, on that, 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 you know, I, I keep thinking about like when we were little, when we were very small before we had those influences kind of infiltrating, you know, um, and, and defining 
what we thought things were supposed to be like. Um, you know, you look at kiddos and just the way that their perspective on the world is like, is really truly so unique to them and creative. And they're, they're not even, you know, trying to, you know, go be creative. It's just, that is just their honest way of existing. Um, and um, that doesn't mean that you can't feel inspired by something or, or take influences and, and then use them um, in a way to, to create something that is just yours. But um, oftentimes that's kind of the challenge for me, I would say, is like my creative processes. I, I really do have to sort of like be able to retreat within myself for those, for that guidance, whatever it is, whether I'm, you know, painting or writing a song or, um, you know, working on character development or whatever that might be. Um, I kind of have to do that first. I have to like sort of try to create some separation and then, and then I can sort of integrate with other people or in other collaborative environments, you know, from there. Did mm -hmm. that that answer your question. It, it does. And I like the the truth factor because you did mention integrity before. So I think yeah. that's that's an important element because if you aren't being true to yourself, then you're creating something that's fake and you're going to feel miserable as a result. So I think being 100% truly you and you actually knowing that kind of informs the very best best part of your whatever you're doing, whether it's acting, whether it's writing music, I think the best songs uh, ever written are the ones where the person has just been true to themselves and been incredibly vulnerable and just expressed it. Um, one of my all-time favorite songs is, I don't know if you've heard the song by Third Day, it's called I Need a Miracle. And that that song was, it hit home for me at the time as well, but it was such a personal take. I could feel it like from from, I don't know, I don't know the artist from, from a personal point of view, but you can just feel it. Um, so I completely understand what you mean by that. So for you, when you are preparing for a character or you are writing music, where do you find the kind of inspiration to inform that? It's, it's all over, you know, um, the, the work is to pay attention, mm. you know, it, um, something that someone says, or I mean, this hummingbird that keeps hovering around in front of the window right now. Um, so, you know, something from from you know just the the wildness of of you know um, the the earth. You know, the way that we uh, you know um, take inspiration from nature, or um, you know, you know, it could be a stranger in a restaurant. It could be something it's, it's, um, I take inspiration, I guess I should say from just all over the place. And, and, um, I especially appreciate when it's unexpected, you know, and it's from a totally unexpected source. Um, but yeah, I'd say the, the work really is to just kind of try to stay tuned in and pay attention. Mm. So how did you, moving towards some of your roles that you have played in some amazing movies like The Tree of Life, which is mind-bending, plus you've also, uh, you're in the role now of Barbara Gordon for HBO Max's Titans, which is pretty exciting. So how did that role come about? 
Um, uh, how did the Barbara Gordon role come about? The Barbara Gordon role, yes. Yeah, uh, you know, the kind of general history of, of this character, um, you know, DC comic fans can um, probably speak to this um, much much more um, uh, with, which, with more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, fluency than me. But um, I would say, you know, this role is is really very iconic and well loved by the fans um, mm. because she she's gone through so many different incarnations in the, over the years. She um, originated in the early seventies in the comics, and um, she like like you said, she's Jim Gordon's daughter. Um, grew up in Gotham. She was a you know Gotham local. <laughs> Um, and, you know, trying to kind of wrap my head around what, what would that be like, really, you know, and um, being recruited by um, Batman and Robin to sort of join their team as Batgirl, um, you know, who does that, you know, what, what, what chick out there, you know, is, is doing that and why, and why was she doing that? And as the commissioner's daughter, what, what was that motivation? And, you know, really just kind of trying to drop in to, you know, to look at, at her world from her perspective. Um, the, the, and then she, um, she was shot by the Joker. She was paralyzed from the waist down and uh, chair bound. And um, in, 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 in and around that time, her, her father was killed. So she took over his job as the commissioner. And that's sort of like, you know, long story short. Um, but she, that's when we find her in season three is, um, she's, she's chair bound and she's the chief police commissioner of Gotham. Mm. So I sort of want to touch on, because I mentioned in the intro that you are an amputee yourself by a freak accident. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what actually happened before I start asking you some other questions. If we can go back a little bit before we go forward <laughs> to that. Yeah, I'm following. Um, I, uh, my, my son, Charlie, who is now nine, um, and my dad, and I were all at a farmer's market. Um, Charlie was four at the time. We were at a, a tiny little farmer's market out in you know a small town outside of Austin, Texas. And um, a woman um, backed out of her parking space and she lost control of her car. Um, I had Charlie in my arms um, and we were picking out green beans. We were talking about what we were gonna make for dinner. Uh, so that we could watch game seven of the world series that night. I'm a big uh, Chicago Cubs fan and have been my whole life. So my dad was, my dad and I were pumped about this game. And um, uh, I set Charlie down so I could pay the farmer. Um, and he sort of wandered off a few feet away from me. And my dad sort of said, I'm going to look at the okra. And he turned that way. And, um, and this car just came barreling through and hit me. Um, and, and pin me between um, her vehicle and the farmer's vehicle. And so I was auto pinned for, I don't know how long, um, kind of lost, lost the, the sense of time, um, but um, she kept going and I fell under her car and I was dr drug uh, for seven or eight feet. Um, and 
was lifelighted to the hospital and, and, um, you know, uh, luckily my leg was all I lost and there were many, many close calls. Um, so we felt quite blessed, um, that that was, that was all we lost, you know, mm. while that was all happening, it's a pretty traumatic experience to actually unfold. What was going through your mind before and then after? Mm. You know, I remember having two like very conscious thoughts in the moment, like in the throes of it, when I was hit and I was under the car and I was seeing like the pavement and the underbelly of the car over and over again. And, uh, you know, I remember the two, the two thoughts I had, it was, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to stop because it just, it seemed to kind of just keep going on and on. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that just in the moment, it's like, you can't fathom, like, is this real? <laughs> you know, was I, was I really just hit by a vehicle? And, um, um, I wasn't really per- perceiving pain at the, in the moment until I was laying on the ground and waiting for the ambulance, um, to get there. It was kind of the first time I really felt the, the pain, but, um, but in the, in the, in the moment I, I didn't, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, and I remember um, when my dad found me laying on the, on the ground, he was kind of running around trying to find Charlie and me and we were yelling for each other. And when he found me, um, the first thing I, I said to him was don't let Charlie see me like this. Wow. Uh, just, you know, that was, that was the first thing I thought of. I just, I just didn't want Charlie to see me in that kind of shape. Was that your most vulnerable moment in your life, you reckon? Oh, I would say a toss-up between that one and childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. But sure, you know, absolutely. Um, I felt cared for, you know, there were people around. Um, there was a guy that just knelt with me. Um, there was a woman that scooped Charlie up and took him up the hill away from everything. Um, and kind of, you know, said, let's go see. I think I saw a puppy up this, up this hill. We're going to go find mommy in a minute, you know, and really kind of just swooped in and, and, and cared for him. Um, which was, you know, just a godsend. Um, and so I, you know, it wasn't, I didn't feel alone, which I think is key. I think that it, the trauma of it would have been compounded quite a bit had had it all alone. I think that's kind of, that's the, the, the thing that really differentiates the, the level of trauma in experiences for me is if you're alone or not. Mm. So talking about the recovery process, did you ever think when you're in the hospital bed that your career would be quite over, that you wouldn't be able to get, I guess, roles because you are an amputee? Would it be a lot harder for you to get them? Did you ever think those things? In the hospital, I, I feel like it, it was about the third day um, after my leg was amputated. And my agent, I remember on the, on the phone, she said, you know, do, do you feel like you even want to keep doing this? And I, um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a fair question at the time. Um, 
but you know, it, it didn't even occur to me that I wouldn't like, I, I guess I just hadn't considered that yet, which is it's interesting, you know, that, that wouldn't be my, you know, my first thought was like, I'm ruined or, you know, but I just, it, I just hadn't gotten there yet. And I, um, you know, I, I think that my response to her was, you know, that part wasn't cut off of me, <laughs> you know, and I didn't, I didn't mean that. in you know, sort of, a, um, I don't know. I, I didn't mean to, to answer her in that way, if, you know, from some sort of like, um, you know, defensive place or something, but, but it just was the most honest thing that I could think of when I was considering, you know, what, what has changed, you know, there were a lot of things I knew that were going to be forever changed. Um, and I was taking inventory, you know, sort of running inventory <laughs> of all the things that I, that I could no longer do. And, and I thought, well, no, I mean, my, my passions are still intact. My, the things that I'm interested in, the, um, you know, my ambitions, you know, will obviously need to change in some ways, but that I, I, I do still want to do that. Maybe it'll look different. You know, I, I, de I didn't have any illusion that it wouldn't affect it. Mm. And, and, you know, I think it probably has, um, but it, I think two or three months out of the hospital, I told her I was ready to start auditioning again. And she kind of told me to take, take a minute, you know, um, and we, you know, there was some, some conversation and some jokes that we passed around about, you know, pirate movies and, uh, you know, playing war veterans, which I, I actually had the opportunity to do. Um, but, you know, I think that I, I, I like to believe that in time there will be, um, characters that, have disabilities, you know, physical disabilities, mental disabilities, and that's not the whole focal point of the narrative, you know, that that's just an aspect of, of their character. I hope that, you know, Hollywood or any of those businesses that give you opportunities to, I guess, be yourself and not typecast you in a, a particular role but they see your worth, they see your talent and they give you more and more opportunities because there's countless stories out there to be told. You don't have to just have an amputation to, you know, be typecast in a particular role for one movie. You can do whatever you want, really. Um, and I guess like where I'm coming from is trying to look at life with the understanding of not having any limits like if you want to do something, go and do it. And I always appreciate people that like yourself still give life the very best you possibly can, despite uh, all the, the craziness that life does present, you know? So I, th I just want to acknowledge that and say, congratulations and well done. Keep going. Don't stop. Thank you so much. Mm. You know, I think um, I try to, approach this, you know, um, these circumstances or this new reality, I, I really made an attempt to just approach it with a lot of curiosity and, um, and was sort of determined not to be a victim and to, you know, 
be an example for my son that that we really do have the choice. It's not it's not we're not victim to our circumstances as much as we're victim to our, our perspective about it. And, um, you know, I would love to um, have the opportunity to uh, raise awareness about the reality of, um, or at least um, my experience of becoming an amputee. Um, there's a lot of really, um, great story matter that I would not have ever known about until, uh, you know, I was in this, in this body in the world. I felt like I was almost like a walking, um, social experiment in a way, you know, just the way that people treated me differently. Um, and just situations that I found myself in, um, and a lot of, there's a lot of hilarity to it. Um, it's really, um, humbling there it's uh you know heartbreaking and also um can be um what's what's the opposite of heartbreaking i mean like um really oh uh, let's see i'm losing the word um i'm just having a whole heart of love and comfort and peace yeah. prosperity yeah all those things. Absolutely. You know, um, and, and there's, and especially as a woman, you know, I remember thinking like, well, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be cat called anymore. Like, great. You know, or, um, I'm going to be off, off the, the list for maybe, um, a certain kind of, uh, you know, maybe more, shallow, uh, guy that, or, you know, like, I don't know, I, you might edit some of this out, but I just feel like I thought, oh, you know, my life has changed in, in, in ways that I can anticipate and in ways that there's no way I would have. And, um, I, I love the idea that we could bring more awareness to that experience in a really honest way. And in a way that's not, you know, fantastical, um, um, and then also, um, that, that it could also be incorporated in a character where it's not the focus. Mm. So. Which is, yeah, I like that. And I, I have three final questions for you, Savannah. I do have to ask you, cause I, ha I have so many questions <laughs> that I want to ask. So we're definitely going to have to try and organize another time to reconvene and, and um, continue this conversation. But one one of the questions I do want to ask you real quick is what do you love the most about yourself and your story? That I'm still here to tell it. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, that's, there's not much detail to that answer I know but um that's you know geez that's the thing that I love the most it was just um having the perspective of how precious this life is and how fleeting it can be you know um I it's easy for us to forget our mortality from day to day unless it's sort of in our face um I, I do still even after this experience but 
man, you know, just, just getting to have that, um, that awareness that every day, every interaction, um, is such a gift and to, um, you know, bring meaning to it if possible. I love that answer because I've got the, the, free version of zoom my time is sadly <laughs> running low so i want to ask you my final question if that's okay this is my all-time favorite question it's a hypothetical one so i want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100 all your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done then ask me how in the world they got it all we'll just call it magic for the sake of argument They've been able to get it and show it to you on your hundredth birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Hmm. I want to ask you this question. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my answer. Trust me. Um, gosh, you know, I'm going to botch this. Was it Maya Angelou that said, people don't remember the things that you said. They remember. I had the feel. Yeah. Um, you know, that really is the thing that comes to mind is just, you know, words are just words. Um, but the action of, of, um, love and that, the people in my life, in my community, um, that I'm able to, um, you know, cross paths with that, that in some way I can make them feel important, you know, and, um, and cared for and loved. So. I feel like that's a perfect send off message. So where can, what are you excited for about this new season of Titans? What is what's buzzing in your brain that you can share <laughs> that you can, can uh, share with all the fans out there? Uh, this season is, there's a lot that goes on in season three. Um, it's really exciting. Um, I love the, I, I, I loved getting to revisit the dynamic between Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson and all of the complexities there. Um, we've got some, you know, sightings from certain DC celebrities, um, such as the Joker. Um, um, you know, there's, there's a red hood. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to say this without, um, without spoiling it, but, um, I'm just excited. I'm really, you know, I'm really just curious to see the reaction from the fans that, um, you know, really understand these these characters and are invested. You know, it's, um, you know, I I, I hope that um, that they love it as much as we loved making it. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. 
And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the story box. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.